You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, how's it going? It's your boy, your host, Sosa Cremenges. I'm a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Welcome to our final episode this week. This is going to be your fan mail, Mailbag Friday edition of the Locked On Pod. I appreciate you guys for shooting over these good questions like you always do to me. And you guys got a bunch of them in, ranging from the current roster, some discussions about who may start at what position, as well as some free agent questions, obviously, and the boatload, the majority surrounding the draft and related to the draft. So we don't really have any time to waste. We're going to dive right into them, and that's all we're going to talk about today, these boatload of questions you guys sent me. So to begin, at Faison45, and he's got a few here, so we'll just rip through them relatively quickly. The first one, he said, there has been this notion that we don't value our first-round picks as much as the mid-round picks. If that's the case, why wouldn't we just hold our ones and move back and collect more second to fifth rounders where we have better success picking? And I think ultimately, you know, they sort of do that kind of, right? They obviously don't hold the ones. They've done a lot of trading from the first round picks into veterans. But when you look at the remaining draft picks, the second, the third, the fourth rounds, they've done a lot of moving back, collecting as many picks as they can. And general manager Les Snead has already talked about it many times. He said, We're trying to collect as many dart throws as we can within those top 100 picks. And I think that's the kind of thing that they just live by. The philosophy that they kind of work with is, you know, we think there's 100, 120 good players and the talent falls off dramatically after that. And we want to have as many shots as we can to land guys within that top 100, top 120. And so, you know, they're going to keep trading down, in my opinion. At some point, they have to stop trading these first round picks. But so far, you know, it's worked and you can't really blame them. And that kind of ties into the second question here from Faison. He said, how much is it going to affect us not picking in the first round and losing that fifth year option on the rookie contract? Eventually, we're going to need to have some of these fifth year options to help against the cap in the future, right? And yeah, you're 100% correct. That is the discussion right now between, you know, do you want to keep a first round pick and get a cost controlled talent for five years? Or do you want to trade it like the Rams do, maybe value it a little bit less than other teams do, and go get yourself a proven veteran because a first-round pick is worth so much in the NFL. And ultimately, like I said, at some point, they have to stop trading. It's just not a long-term strategy that you can utilize year after year, even though somehow they've been able to do it since 2016. They've only had one first-round pick in Jared Goff, which kind of seems insane to say. I can't even believe that it actually is true. But you know, at the end of the day, It's worked out well for the Rams. You can't really knock them, but for sure, at some point, they're going to have to start turning in the card in the first round as opposed to continuously just trading out of it. The next one is, what is your best guess for the year we decide to pick a quarterback and groom him to take over? I think we have Stafford for three to five more years and not sure we will want to continue to pay Wolford or see the next guy up. And I tend to agree. I don't know when John Wolford is going to be on his way out. He's only had the one-year contract type of thing so far through two seasons and you know, at some point, he's probably going to want to go try and start somewhere, probably going to want to go cash in somewhere, at least get an opportunity to start. And the Rams probably can't really afford that opportunity for at least a couple of seasons. Like you said, Stafford has a lot of time left. He's only 33. We've seen a lot of good quarterbacks go until 38, 39, 40. I'm not sure Matthew Stafford's the kind of guy that wants to play that long, but you know, I think they're going to get at least three, maybe four more seasons out of Stafford. And ultimately, I guess that would mean that They probably really won't go quarterback hunting for maybe at least two more seasons, and they probably won't have a new quarterback until 2024, 2025 is my best guess. The last one from Faison, 
in this section is you're the general manager. We need the following from this year's draft, two defensive backs, one inside linebacker, one interior offensive lineman, and one defensive tackle. Who are they? I also need one priority UDFA who starts between Christian Roseboom, Traven Howard, Kaiser, and Troy Reader and Kenny Young. And I haven't done a lot of defensive back scouting. So, I mean, the first name I can give you is Asante Samuel Jr. that the Rams obviously have interviewed twice now with pre-draft meetings. So that obviously indicates a lot of interest there. You know, I wouldn't be shocked to see a safety at some point if the Rams do want to go address that position as well. You talk about the linebacker spot. My personal favorite for where the Rams are roughly going to be picking is LSU's Jabril Cox. Now, wouldn't be shocked if they do end up trading back from 57 and don't even get a chance to draft him, but I love his coverage ability. The guy's an absolute stud in that regard. The interior offensive line, Kendrick Green, Illinois. I talked about him on yesterday's podcast in the Thursday Big Board Update. I love him. I think he might be available in that late second early third, mid third round. So if the Rams do trade back or, you know, even if that 88th pick, if he's still kicking in that regard, in that area, I would happily turn that pick in. I think he could start from day one at center for you. And in terms of the defensive tackle class, again, I haven't gotten to many of these guys, but a guy that I would very much like to see the Rams at least kick the tires on is Cam Sample out of Tulane on day three, potentially went to the senior bowl, absolutely dominated there as an interior slash edge rusher and was absurd at Tulane last year. These statistics, I mean, were just off the charts. So a guy that could very well take a big step into the NFL and prove to continue to be somebody that's productive. Now, in terms of the inside linebacker spot, my best guess starting next season, I would go with Traven Howard and probably Micah Kaiser. I think Howard is the best of the bunch, the best in coverage. And Kaiser, for whatever reason, the Rams really like him. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't be surprised if Troy Reader ends up beating him out either. The last question in this segment is from at JP Barrett. He said, with the free agents that left, did the team make an offer or did the team know who they didn't want back? And I don't know the information on this question. That's a really good question. And I'm curious to know who they try to get back as well. My best guess is they were probably hoping to get back Troy Hill as well as Austin Blythe. We know that they did make an offer to Austin Blythe. So that's pretty much the only guy we know for sure. In terms of the other guys, I think they were pretty much bracing themselves to lose a lot of these guys. At the end of the day, the Rams did not have much cap space. They went into this offseason with negative $35 million, And even after all the restructures, you pay Leonard Floyd, you go get yourself a receiver in Deshaun Jackson. Doesn't leave you with much space. And ultimately, I think the Rams kind of knew that, you know, the writing was on the wall for a lot of these guys. And to be honest, they've done a very good job at at least replacing these holes and replacing some of these guys with young draft picks, young players from different areas of the league, of the roster, and kind of brace for a lot of these losses, like the multiple safeties that they've drafted over the past few seasons to help replace a guy like John Johnson, who they presumably knew was likely to walk at the end of his rookie contract. That is all for this section, but make sure to come back in the next segment because we're going to continue answering these questions, and we're going to dive into a lot of the draft-related stuff that's coming up here in a short second. And while we've got you, make sure to keep checking back in with us every day at the Locked On Rams podcast. We're going to go diving headfirst into all draft-related content throughout the entire month of April. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. 
BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. You just got to go ahead to their website or use your mobile device and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That's BetOnline.ag. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the second segment. Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you guys for sticking around and making it into this segment here. We're going to continue where we left off with the questions that you guys shot over to me. And the first one is from at Will Carilla. He said, if we don't hit on a cornerback three nickel slot corner in the draft, could you see Terrell Burgess or Taylor Rapp sliding over there? I know they are safeties, but I'm not sold on David Long. And both Terrell Burgess and Rapp seem to be versatile. Also, do you think we make one more move in free agency? I don't think that the Rams view Burgess or Rapp as potential nickel players. One night, about a week or maybe even two or three weeks ago at this point, I forgot, you know. I couldn't sleep, and since I'm such a huge loser, it was like 3 in the morning. I'm like, you know what? I got this idea. Let me go back to last year's tape. Let me look at every snap from Terrell Burgess's rookie season just to kind of get an idea for what the Rams had in terms of his usage and where they actually deployed him, and he barely lined up in the slot. I think he might have played in the slot you know, maybe four or five times in his whole rookie season, and obviously he didn't play that much, but pretty much all of his snaps were in two high shells and single high in safety looks, so... This is a guy I think the Rams view as a true center fielder, someone that they're going to have playing deep coverage pretty much every snap. So doesn't look like a nickel to me, and I don't think Rap fits there. So I think it's most likely they're going to go with a guy like David Long, like you mentioned, maybe a Dante Dion, maybe draft someone. I would not be shocked at all if they do draft a cornerback. And in terms of the moves and free agency, I think the Rams are pretty much done. We might get one more move, maybe a center, maybe a guy like Austin Ryder I could see. A very cheap one-year, $1 million type of deal, something like that. But I think for the most part, the Rams are pretty much done in free agency. The next question is from my guy at Cam Akers Season. He said, Unc, with the departure of Austin Blythe, do you think the Rams anticipated him not coming back given the pretty affordable deal he accepted in KC? And that is a really good question. I think it was Jordan Rodrigue of The Athletic who mentioned that the Rams actually did have an offer out for Blythe, and it was similar to what KC offered him. And... You know, ultimately, he did choose to go there, obviously, but I'm not sure that there was much of a financial difference in terms of what Casey offered and what the Rams offered. Now, you know, there might have been some other extenuating factors, like, for example, you know, the Rams may have insulted him. If you're Austin Blythe and you played all these games for the Rams, you were healthy pretty much your whole career there. You played all these snaps and, you know, they give you less money than they gave you in 2020 might be a little bit of an insult. You look at, you know, Aaron Cromer, his offensive line coach leaving, maybe that kind of swayed the decision for him to kind of just say, you know what, I'm ready for a fresh start. And then you look at the last aspect of it all. And I mean, Casey is a pretty good team to go to, right? I would love to snap the ball for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, ultimately he may just be ready for a fresh start somewhere else. Maybe the Rams indicated that he would have to fight for his job with another incoming rookie at that center spot or whatever the case may be. All we know is that the Rams offered him something. It was similar to KC's deal, and ultimately he chose to go there, which sucks because the Rams now definitely need a center. But at the end of the day, you know, I think they probably braced for this being a legitimate possibility. The next one is from at Noah Pandorf. He said, who's more likely to play guard next season, Joe Nopum or Bobby Evans? <laughs> and I hope neither of these guys, to be quite honest with you, uh, I view Joe Nopum as a tackle at this point. Coming in, 
from TCU into the draft into the NFL. He was a tackle. The Rams tried him at left guard. He looked horrible. And, you know, this past season plays like six or seven games at left tackle and looked pretty damn solid. Like, I think he has a legitimate future in the league as a tackle, maybe a swing tackle, maybe a right tackle. I don't know. I just know this guy can play tackle in the NFL. And we've seen him at guard and it was not good. In terms of Bobby Evans, I don't think he's a starter in general. If anywhere, maybe at guard. So I guess I would go with Evans, but I think at the end of the day, both David Edwards, the current left guard, and Austin Corbett, the current right guard, are significantly better than both of those names that you mentioned at the guard spots. The next one is from at GPoulage88. He said, with the departure of Austin Blythe, another one, (laughs) how much onus do you think we place on drafting his replacement? Center isn't a sexy pick, but it's vital to have someone who isn't a revolving door and for past pro calls. And you banged it on the head there, for sure. Very important position. Arguably one of the more important positions on the offensive line, you know, outside of left tackle, obviously. A guy that's going to make the calls at that interior spot. He's going to set the whole line, tell them where they're all going to slide and help in pass protection. He's going to ID the Mike linebacker. He needs to snap the ball. He's the first guy with his hands on the ball. And at the end of the day, you know, in that outside zone scheme, that center is important. He needs to be able to climb to the second level, seal off linebackers. And a lot of those runs that end up being 15, 20, 25 yard runs are that productive because the center did get to the second level. If he doesn't, you know, those runs are usually four, five, six yard runs. So very important position. I think the Rams are going to be very intent on finding a new center. Don't know if it's going to be a veteran like an Austin Ryder who I mentioned in the first segment or, you know, if they're ready to turn those reins over to a younger guy, go draft somebody maybe in the second round, maybe in the third round, plug them, play them right from day one at that center spot and just be comfortable handing the keys over to a young player. But at the end of the day, I do agree, very important. And I do think that the Rams are going to target it relatively early and they will find somebody to absolutely be a starter for them in day one. The last one in this segment from at Jaron Guzman, he said, are the Rams waiting to see if other teams release players as cap casualties to fill holes on their roster? Also, can Austin Corbett move to the center spot while Edwards or Evans moves to the right guard spot? And then he gave us a little breakdown of the offensive line in that regard. It would go Andrew Whitworth, left tackle, left guard, Joe Nopum or David Edwards, center, Austin Corbett, right guard, David Edwards or Bobby Evans, and right tackle, Rob Havenstein. I don't think they're really waiting for anybody to be cut. I think, like I mentioned earlier, they're pretty much done in free agency. We might get one more move that's very, very cheap, sort of like a veteran minimum type of deal. I would probably target Austin Ryder in that regard, just to give you a little bit more flexibility in the draft so you don't have to go get a center. You can kind of just hope a good one drops to you. But again, I just don't think they're going to really add anyone else. Talking about Austin Corbett, I do think he's a legitimate possibility to slide over to center. You know, coming out of Nevada a few years ago, I really like Corbett. Now, he played left tackle. Some people thought he was going to have to move to guard. Pretty much no one expected him to stay at tackle. Some people thought he was going to be best suited at guard at the next level. And some actually thought he was going to be best suited as a center. So, you know, I think it's definitely a firm possibility. I don't know if the Rams are interested in doing that if they just want to keep him at guard or if they actually think he can slide to center. But I do think it's on the table. I think it's a possibility. And at the end of the day, there may be more guards available for the Rams. And if they view that position as more likely to fill, maybe they feel more comfortable sliding Corbett into center, getting a replacement guard and kind of going about the offensive line that way. I think it's a firm possibility. And ultimately, if that does happen, you know, I would slide Corbett to center. 
at left guard, keep David Edwards. Right guard, maybe let Bobby Evans and Joe Noteboom duke it up. But at the end of the day, I would still look to add a new guard. Maybe somebody in free agency like a Larry Warford, a veteran who's done a very good job at guard in the past, a multiple-time pro bowler, or even go look to draft one relatively early. But at the end of the day, I do think it is a possibility that Corbett does go to center. That is all we got for this segment here. Make sure to tune back into the last segment. We're going to finish off with the last few questions. A lot of philosophical draft style questions. And make sure to keep checking back in with us here at the Locked On Rams pod. We're going to continue our offseason coverage for the Los Angeles Rams Monday through Friday. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now's the time to find out which Built Bar is the best with their Built Bar Madness Style Tournament. And today's matchup is the final, the championship. It is between the Cookie Dough Chunk Bar and the Coconut Brownie Chunk. And these are two heavyweights. This is like Ali and Frazier or something back in the day, man. I'm going to have to go with the Coconut Brownie Chunk. You guys know how I rock with coconut. Undefeated, coconut and chocolate, the goat combo. There's nothing quite like it. And the texture on all of these bars are amazing. I'm super excited to see which one is going to win here. We made it to the finals. And to get a piece of it, all you have to do is just go to BuiltBar.com or to Built underscore Bar on their Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Are you ready for the NFL Draft? Join Locked On NFL Draft hosts Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak as they give you their latest positional rankings and analysis on 2021 draft prospects with team-centric guest mocks right around the corner. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to the final segment of this Mailbag Friday edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. I am your host, Sosa Kremenges, and I appreciate you guys for sticking around this long and making it towards the end of the episode. we got a few more questions to get through here, and I appreciate you guys for shooting them over like you always do. Great questions, by the way. I have a lot of fun answering these. So we're going to pick right back up where we left off. And my guy at Phazon45, man, you hammered me with some questions today, dog. I appreciate it. He said, if we happen to trade our pick at 57, how far would you be willing to move back? And who would you target at that new spot? And that is a really, really good question. Now, it really depends on what the Rams want to target with that first pick in terms of the positional value. If they're looking for, you know, let's say a wide receiver, I think they can afford to move back a little bit more. Whereas, you know, if they're looking for an edge rusher, I think it thins out pretty quickly, to be quite honest with you. So you probably can't move back too far. Now, I think it's a lot more likely that the Rams move back like 20 spots or something. Me personally, I would try to move back a very minimal amount, try to pick up like another fifth or a sixth rounder, something not too significant, because I think there's going to be so much quality left over in that second round where the Rams are picking at number 57. So I would probably try to go back in that 65, 68, 70 at worst range and try to stay you know, near that bottom of the second, not actually trade out of the second completely. And if I move back, I mean, it's hard to say who's going to be available, but I would be looking at some of the offensive tackles, depending on if anyone's there. A guy like Dylan Radins would really be intriguing to me. A Jackson Carmen, Jalen Mayfield, if any of those names are available. You know, I would look at linebacker Jabril Cox, I mentioned earlier in this episode. Jameen Davis, who is suddenly getting round one hype. I don't expect him to be available, but if he is, I would obviously be very intrigued there. A wide receiver like Rondale Moore, interior offensive lineman Kendrick Green, 
Uh, you know, there's so many names here. Center, Landon Dickerson. I think that's why the Rams can afford to move back because there's so much quality. But, you know, the further you move back, the more of a chance you have to lose out on all of these big names. And so I don't expect him to move back too much, but it's going to be very, very fun to see what they actually try to do. The next one is from at Turbo Fargo. He said, a lot of the times recently, the Rams zig on their first pick or two when everyone and their brother expected them to zag with it more often than not working out. So who and what position would this year's zig be? And that's a really, really, really good question. And it's so true because I swear every time we get near a draft, I go watching all these prospects and then, you know, the Rams might pick one of them out of the 40 or 50 or 60 that I've deep dove into. And it's such a waste. And it's like, man, how did they not pick any of these guys that I watch? So, uh, you know, that's a good question. I'm curious to see what they're going to do. It kind of ties in with that question that I just answered a second ago. I wouldn't be shocked at anything, to be honest with you. I think everything is on the table for the Rams right now, pretty much, you know, outside of quarterback, obviously, or running back. But I think, you know, if they go cornerback or wide receiver with that first pick, I would not be shocked at all. I think a lot of people would be, but to be honest, I would be, you know, kind of expecting it. I think cornerback might be a legitimate possibility very early, even though no one's really expecting it to be the case. I would not be shocked at all if they go cornerback. So I'm going to go with that spot because I don't really think any other spot is all too surprising, maybe receiver, but in that order for me, cornerback first, wide receiver second, wouldn't be shocked if it's either of those spots. And I know that I know for sure that would cause a lot of hectic reactions for a lot of Rams Nation on Twitter on that Friday night of the draft. The next question is from at ChevDog6. He said, hypothetically, if Quinn Miners, Creed Humphrey, and Landon Dickerson are all available at 57, are you taking one of them? And if you are, who's your choice? That is a really, really good question. All three guys are close in my opinion. If we're just talking about straight up talent, I would lean Landon Dickerson. I think he's just the best of the bunch. But mind you, he's got very bad medicals, right? He missed a lot of time over the course of his college career. Is coming off a torn ACL just a few months ago. So very, very worrisome medical, you know, red flags there. But I don't know the in-depth status of all that. Obviously, I'm not privy to that information. So just in terms of talent, I would have it ranked Dickerson and then Miners or Humphrey. You could flip a coin for either of those guys. I think if you want to go just straight center, you go Humphrey after Dickerson. If you want to get that versatility of a center slash guard, you go Miners after Dickerson. But for me, I think Dickerson is the number one there. Uh, the other two, you know, I would be thrilled with any of these guys, to be honest, though. The last one is from at CJ Ram Clip. He said, I don't think Deshaun Jackson should be returning punts due to his injury history. Should we just draft a return specialist later in the later rounds? And, you know, I think they are going to do something like that because you make a good point. Deshaun Jackson hasn't been able to stay healthy over the past few years. And, you know, making him return punts is obviously a good idea because he's a good player. But at the end of the day, he can't even stay healthy just on offense. So how is he going to withstand more punishment, you know, returning punts and kicks? And I don't think that's going to be the case. So I think they are interested in addressing that spot with another wide receiver here in the day three of the draft, probably, you know, you look at some of the names that they brought in on visits or I guess pre-draft zoom meetings because of this damn COVID. You look at Tutu Atwell from Louisville, Anthony Schwartz from Auburn. Some of these guys are very good potential return men at the next level. And so I think that kind of gives away what the Rams are planning here in terms of the wide receiver position, maybe going to look for a guy that can take the top off the defense on offense, but you know, can actually double down as a return man. And so I think they are probably going to go draft someone on day three that can be a return man. Joe DiCamillis, the new special teams 